Hello and welcome to Minted Dialogue, episode number 175. This interview is with Michael Molinaro, COO for Human Resources and HR Transformation Lead at Barclays Bank. Michael, who was a speaker at HR Tech World 2015, leads the HR technology function, taking Barclays HR into the future with new emerging practice technologies for human resources. In this conversation, we discuss the challenges of transformation at Barclays, how to spread ownership of change, the role that technology can play, especially in the adoption space, gamification and learning, an excellent conversation. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of The Mindset, that's M-Y-N-D-S-E-T dot com, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue. So today I have someone who uh, was a speaker at the HR Tech World, Michael Molinaro, who uh, lives in England and like me is an American transplanted into England. So, uh, Michael, tell us uh, who you are, what you do at Barclays, and also tell us your mindset. Uh, Sure. Uh, So I'm responsible for HR technology uh, and HR transformation at Barclays. Um, And uh, what's my mindset? Um, I I try to give a a good employee experience, uh, try to uh, bridge the gap between the, the technology that employees use at home and the technology that they use at work and try to um, bring those uh, closer together. Uh, we always tend to take a step back in technology when we go to work. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, we'd like to, to make that gap a little narrower. All right, so we're going to dig in a little bit on your job uh, and the specs on it, but that, that just brings up this notion of BYOD or bring your own devices to work. So how do you approach that? I mean, as you say, you, when you, as a consumer, you're typically light years ahead. You have a faster connection at home almost. You don't have as many thing, firewalls to deal with. How, how do you guys approach that? Uh, well, we're, we're a bring-your-own-device uh, uh, type of organization. Uh, we have our, our preferred devices, but uh, we can accommodate pretty much uh, uh, any device that uh, an employee wants to work off of. Um, so we're, uh, I, I, I think when it comes to uh, uh, a bring-your-own-device strategy, we're, uh, we're, we're probably a little bit ahead of the curve. Uh, what, what does that look like? Because I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about the issues of security, the types of training that you need to provide. What kinds of things are you doing to, to allow yourself to be ahead of the curve? Um, so having adopted bring your own device uh, policy um, and then, you know, we, we certainly have uh, methodology around securing those devices. Uh, uh, we have applications that are required to um, access things like email and documents and, and things like that. We are um, we, we are a financial institution, so it's uh, it's a very controlled environment. Um, we uh, we take our responsibilities there very seriously. Right. So let's talk about your your job exactly. It's digital transformation and, and operations, or uh, in HR at Barclays. Give us a little bit of understanding of your remit when you go, when you talk about transformation. Uh, sure. So uh, the HR operating model. Um, how do we provide services to? Uh, our colleagues uh, throughout the globe, uh, 140,000 employees over uh, 59 or so countries. Um, how do we interact with them? How do we get the job of HR done in an efficient and uh, uh, enjoyable way and uh, all, all the way trying to uh, maintain an engaged workforce? Um, can we use HR technology to further engage our, our workforce uh, or at the very least to, to, to not make it an impediment to engagement? 
You've been at Barclays since March 2015, so I, I understand you don't know the whole history of everything. However, like all financial institutions, Barclays has had to go through quite a r- r- radical transformation. What, where do you feel you sit on that approach? I mean, I understand your, your transformation within HR, but where do you see the company is, is a, their overall situation with regard to the digital transformation story? I think uh, Barclays, like all companies, uh, has taken a step back and and uh, looked at where they fit in the marketplace and uh, uh, what types of technology, what types of processes um, they need to uh, put in place to uh, ensure the future and to provide the experience to customers or, or employees um, that, that they expect these days. Uh, things are changing rapidly. Um, there's a lot of disruptors in uh, in all industries, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to take those into account as you as as you plot out your future strategy. And I think Barclays is is right in line with uh, with the direction uh, uh, large forward thinking companies uh, uh, take in these in, in these areas. Well, I'm a customer of Barclays, um, and Thank you. <laughs> indeed, and I've had a chance to experience the digital eagle story the Wi-Fi available in the, in the bank uh, branches a lot earlier than most other of the banks. So I, I see, I see it from a customer standpoint, and I appreciate that. Uh, for, you, for you, when you're, you're dealing with the transformation, at what point does the digital readiness of HR help with that transformation within the entire company? Uh, so I think HR... Uh, tends to be a, a maybe a tick behind. Um, certainly resources go toward uh, customer-facing technology, um, revenue-generating technology. Um, and at, uh, I think at certain inflection points in, in companies, my experience has been that uh, they, they take a look at, are, are we doing everything we need to do to enable our employees? Um, we, we can put the, the initial layers out to customers, but at some point, the underpinnings um, uh, of, of the way your employees interact, uh, the way your employees uh, are productive and, and, and work through their jobs, needs the technological support. And I, I, I think um, I've, I've done this type of work for several companies and several times, and the, the commonality there is uh, things reach a point in which uh, the company turns its focus and says, now, how do we make our employees more effective um, beyond the, uh, the, the, the technology that we roll out to our customers? At the end of the day, um, it all comes back to the way our, uh, our employees execute um, and execute our strategies, execute our plans, and, and what tools do they need uh, to be able to uh, execute in the most effective manner? And, and I, I, I think that's, that's typical of, of, of most companies, certainly the ones that I've worked for. Right. In today's world right now where you sit, you've been at, at Barclays now for over six months, what are the key challenges you're seeing for Barclays in, in, in order to get your transformation to happen? Uh, I think this is a uh, – the, the project that we're working on right now is, is a change management project. So it is a um, – it is being thoughtful and understanding um, within Barclays what are our commonalities, uh, what, what – can we do and 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 what should we do the same way? Um, and looking at the other side of the coin, what makes our various businesses different? 
um, and 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 what differences do we do we really need to accommodate because um, because you know the the we can make two mistakes in this one is to think uh, to think that uh, every business in Barclays is different um, and needs to do everything differently and the other mistake is to think every business in Barclays is the same and can do everything the same. So um, we need to, to, to strike the right balance. And that's what, uh, that's, that's the number one challenge for us right now is um, we're thinking about process and trying to determine from an efficiency standpoint, from an effectiveness standpoint, from an engagement standpoint, where are our commonalities and what differences must be accommodated. Mm, love it. So, Michael, in your title, you have the word transformation, and, and a lot of companies are going through transformation. It's in your title, so you own it. It's, you are the leader of that title. How do, you, how do you inspire the change you want to see happen with that title? In other words, in other, you can't do everything yourself, obviously. So how do you, how do you parse it down through the organization? Uh, I think it starts with, with setting the right vision. So um, start with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey uh, said. Um, are we setting out a vision? Do we have a destination to head toward? Um, the paths may be different. Uh, we may use different paths to get different parts of the organization to that, uh, to that uh, uh, destination. Um, but it, it is the vision there. Once that's there and that can be communicated, that has been distilled down to its essence so that it's, it's easily communicated, uh, th- then we can plot out the paths. Um, we, we think a lot about change management. The, the, the work that we're doing na- now is, is very change management centric. So um, as, as we work through change management, are we thinking about the different paths? Are we, um, are we measuring the effectiveness of our change every step of the way? And if our change is not working for certain groups, are we nimble enough to adjust our approach to make it work for those groups? Um, I'm, I'm not an advocate of setting a plan up front that you are going to execute against the entire way come hell or high water. Um, we need to be nimble enough to adjust for success. Um, and, and in those areas where we're having less success, we need to be willing to take a step back, make the adjustment, and re-execute. Since I mean I work with a lot of companies, and the notion of transforming change management is is present in so many companies, and yet it's not. I mean, in the end of the day, if everyone's changing, it's sort of there'll end up be a lot of average. How do you make your change be superior, obviously, against the competition? In in, in that, since everyone's talking about, it, there's got to be something that just makes us just a cut above. And what, what sort of insights do you have to make that happen? Uh, I don't know that uh, that we really focus on uh, being a cut above. Um, I, I think we focus on where we are today and where we want to be tomorrow. So I, I think we're very, very um, internally focused on, on these kind of projects. Um, we look at the value that we want to deliver, and we hold that up as the standard that we measure ourselves against. Mm-hmm. So where are we today compared to where we want to be tomorrow. Um, I I think in reality, sometimes that puts us on par with with other organizations. Um, And sometimes that puts us way ahead of other organizations because we're not just looking Mm -hmm. to adopt best practices, which I I think in in this day and age are by definition obsolete. Um, But we really need to either 
be adopting or, or looking for emerging practices and, and, and what's going to have the most impact as we move forward. Or we need to be leaders in charting the course and creating the, emergency, the, the emerging practices mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that the rest of the industry or, or the rest of, of HR as a, as a global function will look at and say, you know, those, those are some good ideas. Maybe we should look at them too. There's no doubt that when you look at these opportunities that are out there, there's so many that if you try to do them all, you will up, you'll never do any of them well, so you'll end up being average by definition. So it is interesting to think about focusing on those areas that, according to your vision, are appropriate for your brand and who you are, your identity, and your customer base, as opposed to trying to do a million new things, the next shiny object, if it doesn't fit with your vision. That's interesting. So, Michael, I wanted to um, – so you've been in, in HR tech for, for many years, and – what I would love you to, to comment on is where do you, how do you see the evolution of HR tech over these years and where are we today? Maybe what are some of the most exciting areas of opportunity in HR tech? Uh, I, I think if we look back several years, um, you, you kind of have seen this evolution of HR. Um, and uh, I, I, I always talk about this in, in, in three categories, past, present, future. I think past HR was a, a very, very siloed organization uh, uh, structure. Um, we had our, um, our, our, our kind of HR generalist um, silo. We have our, our talent silos. We have our uh, compensation remuneration silos. We have our, our resourcing recruiting silos. Um, and, and everybody went in, and, and they were making their own decisions based on what was best for their silo. So the, the head of recruiting would pick the, the, the best recruiting software. Um, the head of compensation would would pick the the best compensation service providers, and and we all looked at that um, without regard to any effects that we had on the other silos. In HR technology, we tried to build bridges between the silos through interfaces and and trying to share information, and um, and 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 that was the order of the day. Um, we go to the present, and I I think the the present is best um, illustrated by a Venn diagram. So. We, we, we still have our, our uh, individual um, uh, areas, but, but we, we recognize overlap um, between those, those areas. And HR technology kind of provides the, uh, uh, plays the role of referee. So when there's conflict between the areas, how do we make them uh, play nice together or get common information or, or uh, you know, use some common structures? I, th- I think HR of the future um, looks like a weave. Um, with with each area of HR supporting the other areas, with with the data um, all being um, consistent and and pristine, and and all created with a view of what are we ultimately going to do with that data? We're not just storing information, but but that data is going to have a purpose when it comes to analytics and 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 predictive analytics and and being able to use data to to make informed decisions and and run our businesses better um, so these these walls between the uh, the various functions of HR start to uh, melt away and and we create one HR fabric that is there to support the business and and the employees within the business because the the way we divide responsibilities within HR is is artificial to an employee. Um, an employee is not looking for a, a performance management experience or a compensation experience. They're looking for an overall career experience, and that's that's what we have to start focusing on and, and delivering. And, and the technology has to uh, come along with that. 
So it's very interesting because, you know, I'm a marketing guy and we talk about the single customer view. And very similarly for customers, they look at a company and they don't think about the financial area, the HR pay. They, they want to buy their item in the store and that's it and on their mobile and so on and so forth. So it's the same thing in HR. So given that sort of fabric that you're talking about, how does that change the types of people you're recruiting and or maybe supporting because, you know, obviously you have an in, you know, incumbent group in terms of what, what needs to happen in, to make that work? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting analogy because I, I, I think the view that um, the, the journey that marketing has gone through over the last 10 to 15 years is very similar to what HR will go through over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, so marketing has become very data-centric, very, uh, very much focused on, on targeting and segmenting. I think you're going to see the same thing in HR, uh, and that will affect the people that we recruit, the people that we hire. Um, they will be much more analytical. They will be much more comfortable dealing with numbers and data. And, and, and I think a core competency that, that starts to emerge in HR is the ability to take numbers and data and weave a story around that 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 has business impact and, and that makes those numbers relevant to the business. I, I think that's where HR now starts to add value is uh, being that fulcrum between business data and people data and, and making them relevant. So I, I think that's uh, probably the biggest change we see in, in HR competencies over the next uh, five to ten years. This notion of transformation, it's done differently in different companies. Who's leading it? Sometimes it's the CEO. Sometimes it's the CMO marketing person. Sometimes it's HR, the CTO, different people. But I, I can't help but get the feeling that HR has to be, in any event, a core component of the transformation that's going on. And in that respect, the, the people working in HR need to be understanding what's happening in terms of the pressures, the communication uh, channels and therefore all the digital elements. My, my thought was um, with regard to social media, what is your approach to helping the HR team with regard to social media? And there, of course, there's one end, which is you know, using LinkedIn for recruitment and so on. Then the other is, is facilitating the communication and the collaboration, the sharing going on. There's another one which could be also on e-learning because that's, of course, within your remit in HR. So how, how do you approach social media? Uh, in your in your function, uh, so we look at social media from a uh, fr- from a planning standpoint, and and then from an execution standpoint. So, um, does social media play a role in collaboration within the organization or within any organization? How do you make that work? How do you make that work um, given? Uh, control environments and, uh, and and dealing with confidential information. Um, my previous employer, uh, I, I was in aerospace and, and defense work, so uh, passing around confidential information even within the company became uh, very problematic. So it's 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 always an interesting challenge. Um, I, I I think from a a service delivery standpoint, we want to make a service delivery experience as comfortable uh, for a colleague as possible. So if they want to do it through chat, they want to do it through social media, um, they want to do it through uh, collaboration, they want to do it uh, through through telephone, uh, wh- whatever methodologies they want to employ, 
we need to be able to to consume those um, and and allow people into uh, the structure. We we really cannot be the gatekeeper and, and tell people how to interact with us. We need to uh, adjust to interact the way they want to interact. So, so the same thing then manifests itself, as, as you said, through, uh, through recruiting. How do, uh, how do the people that we want to recruit want to interact with us as a company? Um, learning and, and compliance training and, and career development. How do people want to see their careers developed? Um, and and is, that, is there a social media component in that? Sometimes there might be. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's, uh, uh, it, it's very simple. I, I plug for, for the HR Tech Conference. I, I, I sat in a, um, in a presentation uh, yesterday um, in, in which they were talking about the, the amount of, of time and effort they put into um, delivering applications through, through mobile devices. And they said they, they put in a, a lot of time and effort um, because they understood that's what people wanted in a general way, but when it actually came to roll it out, um, nobody was using the, the mobile applications. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to be bothered with work at home. They, uh, uh, they didn't want to be uh, uh, doing approvals or taking their training on the road. They wanted to sit at their desktop and do them. Um, so sometimes we, we think we know what people want, right. uh, and, uh, and what they really want uh, maybe is something different. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's part of transformation. You, you, you kind of have to get to the core of, uh, of what's really going to have an impact rather than just letting ourselves be, uh, be influenced by, um, by what we read in the press or, or what a vendor says is, is the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. How is it actually going to land with your population? Um, in some companies, you know, mobile is absolutely the, the preferred method of, uh, of delivery, and maybe in others um, it's, a, uh, uh, it's uh, something that uh, will not be adopted uh, easily. That's why, that's why this is all, um, all custom. There is no, there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to, uh, to these types of decisions. Super interesting. I mean, so it means check your intuition, as in put it in check, check the data, check the behavioral data that enables you to provide the uh, solutions and deliver you up. One of the things that I was going to be curious about, and I think we, you know, it's a kind of very hot topic, is, is security and breaches and, and, and uh, sort of security of data, personal data, customer data, and so on. How has that impacted you? Because you are in HR tech. I'm sure that's been a, a concern. Yeah, so we, 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 when it comes to, to uh, data security, especially in a global environment, um, we, we, we deal with a, a very complicated um, regulatory structure. Um, and and some, uh, some data policies from countries to countries are, are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what you absolutely cannot hold in... Uh, the the U.S. in in some circumstances, you know, I, I, we we could name data elements that in the U.S. you would you would be forbidden from holding, um, and in in other countries you're actually required to hold those elements. Well, I, okay, I could name one. This is not you. Uh, religion uh, in France, it's uh, it's uh, as I recall, it's not even it's not not desirable. Whereas in in America, you have to write it on your election. In France, in America, if you start talking about age, you're in trouble. In France, every article ever starts off with, you know, Michael Mullenauer, comma, age, comma. <laughs> yes, yeah, like I'm not that. filling in that blank. <laughs> there you go. All right, so um, one of the last question for you, Michael. So as an executive, a top executive at Barclays, how do you view or what is the Barclays position on top executives' at presence themselves on social media? 
Uh, you know, maybe I haven't been at Barclays long enough to really know the uh, uh, their. Uh, didn't read the small print. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't read the small print. I uh, I, I, I can talk generally about uh, about companies that I've I've worked for. Um, I, I think most companies are are working through their their social media um, uh, policies and and, and direction. Um, I think very very effective companies are. Uh, finding ways to really engage with customers from a, a social media standpoint. Um, so I think a lot of that's going to depend on, on the, the, the type of company that you are, um, the profile of your executives, um, and, and the engagement of, of executives with, uh, at the customer level. Um, you know, we, we hear stories all the time about um, the best way to get customer service is to mention a company's name on social media. Um, because good companies are are trolling the, the the social media, looking for mentions, and 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 have teams that are are set up to uh, uh, to to fix things because they've been uh, they've been surfaced on on social media. I know one company uh, that I worked for in particular is is very big into that, um, and, uh, and 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 really tries to deliver customer service through uh, through social media. Um, uh, executive presence on, on social media is, uh, uh, I think, is so specific uh, company to company that uh, I really, uh, I really couldn't comment on what uh, uh, where Barclays' philosophy is on that. Yeah, of course, it also is depending on the type of personality, as you said. So, a last question was: um, since you're an American living in England, we. Uh, there's a tendency to always say, uh, in the States, it's much better. They're so much more sophisticated and digital and so on, and for many things they are. What's your opinion? You've been in, in London with, with your family for a while now. Do you have a, a feeling that it's it, there is the gap or not? What do you, how would you like to describe that? Well, I'm not sure I'd describe it as a gap. I think, uh, I, I think priority, perhaps, um, and, uh, and I think this is... Uh, um, I, I think, like I said, I think it's a, a matter of priority. Um, I think uh, in the in the states we're um, kind of obsessed a bit with with more and faster. Um, so I think that that shows up in uh, uh, in in our internet service uh, uh, capabilities as as compared to uh, sometimes what we see in uh, in in the UK and Europe. Um, and on the other side, I, I, I think you go over to Asia Pac, and, and uh, Asia Pac puts us all to shame when it comes to um, uh, to, to, to speed and and uh, uh, and, and breadth. Um, I think uh, I, I've I've actually it's it's been a rather eye-opening experience as I've I've attended technology conferences. The the amount of new companies, new technology companies, incubator companies that uh, that are popping up all over um, uh, Europe and, and the UK. Um, a lot of innovation, uh, especially in the HR space, is is coming out of um, uh, this area of the world. Um, perhaps more so from a um, from from an actual usability and and um, relevant applications uh, e- even then are coming out of the states um, so it's uh, um, it's it's been eye-opening very interesting so uh, pleasant surprise is there a technology or an app that you'd like to share with us that you think you're particularly excited about um, maybe I'll, I'll I'll do a category of, of applications I, I I think the 
um, I, I, I think you see HR moving toward um, integrated solutions and, uh, and and very big players in that space. I've been extremely impressed with uh, some of the smaller players that are um, uh, playing in the adoption space. Uh, so tools to um, help your users adopt your technology, um, getting us out of the traditional change management uh, approaches and 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 really focusing on that just-in-time change management, um, having the information available to a uh, a user right when they need the information and and, and right when they need uh, to to use the application. So uh, um, I, I've been pretty impressed with that. Um, I also think that uh, um, the gamification work that's being done around learning um, is is very cool, very interesting. Um, uh, so I've, I've seen a few companies that uh, um, seem to really be uh, taking that to heart and, uh, and, and using the, uh, the things that uh, we, we've learned from, uh, from game development and, and putting them into um, corporate learning environments. Uh, I think that's, that's interesting technology that's, that's uh, rapidly emerging. All right, so uh, real-time adoption and, uh, and gaming in uh, learning. So great. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. How can someone uh, track you down or connect with you? Uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Michael Molinaro, uh, MV Molinaro uh, uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, happy to uh, engage in conversation. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it in iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers. Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way to rid me of the gray.
yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lachifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. 